Hi, Chris Felton here. Welcome to my podcast where we hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. Over the next several months, we're going to take a journey through the years of messages that I've spoken in the last decade that are both memorable, monumental, and I think marking to both me and the global family. I'm excited to share this message with you today. I pray the Lord ministers to you as you listen. God bless you. Thank you. How many of you were, um, sorry, was, I was sitting up front, so it's a little hard to tell. How many of you were actually healed? At least all your symptoms are completely gone tonight. Would you just raise your hand? That's awesome. Just, we're just blessed what God's doing right there. So we were, we were um, actually, I had a different, completely different message, but as we were worshiping this bill was just kind of leading us in a song that our last 15 minutes or so bill used to sing all the time by the way i was just telling somebody about the early days and uh bill used to get up and play piano and and write songs and and we would uh we would uh worship and bill would lead it was amazing he's an amazing songwriter I miss, I miss uh, him writing songs. Brian, we're going to have to inspire your dad. Did you? That's amazing. He's got an old cassette. I played it for our school ministry uh, staff. I think it was last year. Pretty sure it was last year. Yeah. I don't, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. It was, it was powerful. So... Um, you know, I, I, have, I, I don't think I have a long message. You know how that goes when you get up here, people who preach. Like, um, I've I totally changed what I was going to share. Why don't you turn to Luke chapter 17. I just want to share, as we were um, ministering to people tonight, I had this overwhelming sense. Well, let me just read you the scripture first. Verse 11. What did I say? Luke. Oh, I'm in John. That might be what's wrong. <laughs> it's all good. That one gal that got healed and she could spell, I'm like, I was receiving that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have dyslexia. I just can't spell at all. She's like, I could see words. And I'm like, I do too. But when I write them on the paper, it goes, say what? That's like, that's, uh, verse 11 of chapter 17. While he, speaking of Jesus, was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing through Samaria and Galilee and entered a village and ten lepers, ten leprous men were stood at the distance and they met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Um, There's a lot more about that. Of course, one of them comes back who's a Samaritan. And Jesus only, and gives thanks. And Jesus asks where the rest of them are. You know that part of the story. And verse 19, he said, Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Um, I just, uh, I just had this sense tonight 
that there was a, a lot of people who were going to get healed as they did something. Um, let me explain what I mean. Here in, in this uh, instance, Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. And it says, while they were on the way to see the priest, they got healed. And I have a sense that there are times when the Lord requires us to do what we can do before he'll do what he can do. And um, I was thinking about uh, another verse, Matthew uh, 14, if you want to turn there. This isn't so much as uh, teaching as it is just a prophetic declaration. Verse um, fourteen twenty eight Matthew fourteen twenty eight. Back, we'll just go back immediately. Jesus made his way, uh, made the disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And he sent the crowds away. And after he sent the crowds away, he went on the mountain himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter said, Lord... If it is you, command me to come out onto the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Um, but seeing the wind, he became frightened, began to sink, and said, Lord, save me. And Jesus stretched out his hand, took hold of him, said, You have little faith. Do not doubt. When they got, out of the boat, when they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and they worshipped. Um, this is really simple tonight. At one point, and that is, I feel like the Lord's requiring some people. Um, maybe uh, there's something wrong in your body. And I want to be really careful because I understand where this can go. I, I, don't, I know that this can become performance like this is all about you doing something when we know that it, it's all about God's grace. But there, there are just times in the scripture and times in our life when God requires us to do something. And he requires us to go show ourselves to the priest. He requires us to take step out of the boat. And uh, before, before, you can, before God does a miracle in your life, before God meets that need in your life, there's some kind of prophetic act um, that you have to do, that you, something you have to do for God to do what he, what he does. I was reading Hebrews 11 just tonight, just while we were praying for people, and I was astounded by... Um, some of the things that people did, verse, uh, chapter 11, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by men of old gained approval. By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that was seen, what was seen was not made by things that were visible. By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through, uh, which he obtained, through which he obtained a better testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts through faith. Though he is dead, he still speaks. And I was just going through some of these things that happened. Um, it, it, let me just read a few more. It says, um, By faith Noah, being warned by God about things seen in reverence, prepared an ark. Verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place to receive his inheritance. By faith he lived as an alien. He was looking for a city, verse 10. 
which had foundations, and whose builder and maker was God. And it goes on to say, uh, verse 22, By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel, and gave orders concerning his bones. Verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because they saw that he was a beautiful child. And they were, they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God rather than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Um, by faith, he left Egypt. It goes on, by faith, they kept the Passover. Verse 31, by faith, Rahab, the harlot, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she welcomed the spies in, um, uh, in her place. And, and what, it's amazing that here we have these people who are written up in the Bible and they did simple things. Like Rahab, what did Rahab do? She welcomed the spies. What did Abraham do when God called him? He just, and told him to leave his city, he left his city. And by, uh, by faith it says that Moses' parents hid him. Instead of being afraid of the king's edict, they hid Moses. And it just goes on to say really simple things. Like, like most of these people, and I realize that there are a few that did profound things, but most of these people did really simple things. Like, you know, they, he, she welcomed the spies, and she became the great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus Christ. Uh, it wasn't anything, she didn't do anything hard or anything, but, but what she did was profound, in that she did what God asked her to do. And um, I'm wondering how many times um, we, we think that we have to be profound, to, you know, uh, we have to do some kind of, crazy, you know, act of starvation to see God move. And God goes, you know, the fact that you just, um, that, that you gave me a better offering because you, you really cared, like uh, Abel, can, Abel's, the blood of Abel still cries out from the ground. And what did Abel do? He just took time with his offering to make sure that the offering he gave God was the best he could do. He didn't do anything, like, I mean, I don't know if I'm making sense. Like, he didn't do anything profound. He didn't do anything you couldn't do. He just did it well. He just did what he did well. And God goes, you know what? Even though he's dead, he still cries out from the ground because he believed. He had faith. And, and I, I feel like there are people, and I, I feel like this is a prophetic word for several people in this room, that you have certain issues going on in your life. And, and it, this word came to me while we were praying for sickness. But I think, it's, I think it's, it has many dimensions. And you've been going through certain things for maybe a long period of time. And God says, I just want you to believe me. And, and, and if you believe, James said this. He said, uh, faith without action or faith without works is dead. And he said, show me, uh, show me your, your faith without works. And I'll show you my faith by my actions, by my works. And, and there's something about faith. I was talking to the students about it this week in second year. We were interacting about um, I think, uh, I think it was Eric who made the statement, it could have been Bill, who said the kingdom, um, the, the kingdom when you, the, getting into the kingdom is, is free, but from there on it will cost you everything, or some statement like that. And our students were like, some of our students were like, That's, that feels like it's a works-oriented thing. And, and we, were, we were having this discussion about how, what, how God requires us like in, in James, how God requires faith to have action. That God requires us to, to have action. And the action that we have is, is, is directly related to God's interaction with us, but it's not hard. Like, 
you know, it's like small keys open big doors. Like you get into a baptismal tank and you go under the water and you come out of the water. And listen, that's supposed to be not just some kind of uh, ceremonial act. It's supposed to be a prophetic declaration that when you go under the water, at Romans 6 actually says you died. Like you, you didn't, you just went under the water, but God says you died. Your old man actually died. And when you came out of the water, the, the Bible says when you got baptized, literally when you went under the water, you actually literally died. Like your old man died. And we, when, we, you got, when you came up out of the water, you were raised a new man. Like you did what you could do, and he did what he does. And it's supposed to be, that's supposed to be an act of faith. Baptism is an act of faith. It says, uh, Matthew chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 16 says, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. The next verse says, and these are the signs of those who believe. He who believes and is baptized. Listen, this isn't a message about baptism tonight. It's a, it's a message about, it's a, it's a message about the fact that God always creates some sort of action to go with your faith. And that action isn't hard. It's not like, okay, if you really want to follow me, let's see, um, climb that mountain, and if you make it to the top, then I'll let you be my disciple. No, it's really something simple. It's like, just let them, you know, just let them baptize you in, in this water. If you do that, that's an act of faith, and you do what you can do, and I'll do what I can do. And I think that sometimes we've lost just the, the sometimes faith is just the, a, a lost art, or we get so convinced that grace uh, grace is free, but we get so, we get so um, intrigued by grace that we forget that it's by faith through grace. And we lose the sense that oftentimes God wants to provide an action. God wants to provide some sort of... You know, how do people get saved today? You know, I, I, was, I joke about it with some of the leaders, but you know, in, in our culture, not just Bethel's culture, but in American culture, and I'm finding much, you know, most European culture... When we, we have people, we say things like this, if you want to receive Jesus, raise your hand. If you want to receive Jesus, repeat this prayer. If you want to receive Jesus, come forward. Listen, I don't, I, I, none of that bothers me, it's just not in the Bible. I mean, if you ever if, if you find one place where someone prayed a prayer to receive Christ, or raised their hand, or came forward. And, and what I, listen, I'm not, listen, you don't misunderstand me. I'm not opposed to people coming forward or raising their hand or praying a prayer, but you realize that what we're doing is we're creating an action for their faith. And we're just saying, listen, if you really, if you really believe God, stand up. And we're saying, when the person raises their hand or stands up or prays a prayer, we're going, you're saved. Why are they saved? Not because they prayed a prayer. We can't even find that in the Bible. Or not because they stood up and not because they came forward, but because they believed. Just like Moses was hidden for three months well, it was considered, that they were, their parents were considered, they, they were, it was counted to them as faith because they believed God. They just did something simple. You raise your hand, you got saved. How did I get, I prayed a prayer, I got saved. I mean, I got totally, completely, new mind, new heart. The Holy Spirit moved into me. I became a new creation. When did you do that? When you raised your hand. When you repeated a prayer. I mean, things that are extra biblical, you did that. What? Where did we come up with that? Well, we just know that you need some sort of action to go with your faith. We, you need to just do something to say to God, here I am. This is me. And, um, and I have this strong sense, and I want to connect it to healing right, 
right this minute because I feel like um, it is for some of you. I feel like some of you, the, pre, the, the, the leper had to go see the priest. And on the way to see the priest, he got healed. You know, if you were a leper, you couldn't come into, you, you could, your spiritual life was totally shot. <laughs> you couldn't come into the temple. And the priest was your greatest enemy. The priest was the one who policed you coming in. You couldn't, in fact, when you came into the city, you know, you had to yell, unclean, unclean. Of course, for obvious reasons, you know, the leprosy is contagious, or at least they believed that all leprosy was contagious. And so the priest was your worst enemy. The priest said, you, you know what, you're not good enough to come in here. And the leper, you can imagine if you were a leper all your life, you're, or you caught leprosy sometime in your life, and, and you, you know, what kind of relationship did you have with God? Well, the priest was your, he, he was your doorway to a relationship with God. I, I imagine there was a lot of hard feelings towards priests. Instead of them having compassion for lepers, they basically said, you can't come in the church. Stay out of the church. You, you know what, you're unclean. You're cursed by God. Remember, in the old covenant, God said, if you, if you do all these good things, then you'll be blessed. You're coming in, going out. You won't have miscarriages. You'll have all these good things happen. But if you do these bad things, then you'll, you'll have leprosy. You'll have madness. You'll have all these crazy stuff. And so the priests considered that these lepers were somehow cursed by God, and they kept them out of the spiritual life of, uh, of the body. And so Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. Go reconcile with the priests. And when you do that, you're going to get well. I imagine that's the last person they wanted to talk to. And on the way to reconcile, they got healed. Um, I, I, I know this may be stretching it, but I do feel like I need to do this. There are some of you that have offenses with people, and you're sick. I'm not saying you're sick because you are offended. But I am saying that if you'll go to the person and, and reconnect, that God's going to heal you. I say it by the word of the Lord. That some of you have been offended, you've been bitter, you've been hateful, and maybe, and, and some of this is, uh, and probably many of you with really good reason. Like, you, you have no idea what that person's done to me. I'm like, I get it, I understand. I'm sure the leper probably had really good reason to not like the priest. But I feel like some of you just need to go back and reconcile. And on your way back, or after you reconcile, God's going to deliver you. God's going to heal that thing. God's going to restore that relationship. God's going to take care of that financial problem. And, and I feel like those of you that, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to, you know it. Like something's burning in your heart right now. In fact, just bow your head for a second, just for the sake of privacy. Close your eyes. How many of you, this is so happening so strong with me right now. Please bow your head, just out of courtesy. Um, how many of you, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, I really feel like as you're speaking, the Holy Spirit's talking right to me. Would you just raise your hand, please? Just raise your hand for a minute. I'm not going to call you up or embarrass you in any way. Yeah, probably 40, 50 people. Yeah, I would expect it more, but that's right. Go ahead and put your hands down. Um, so I, I, I think that the Lord just wants us to step out. Um, let's tell you a, a quick story Years ago, I owned um, a service station, which I've told lots of stories about my service station experience, and I really felt like um, I, I really felt like I 
but I was to open an auto parts store. We were the largest customer for the two auto parts stores in town, and I, I really felt like I was supposed to open an auto parts store. The only problem is I didn't have any money, and I didn't have any parts. So one day I was just praying, and I, I really felt like the, it was the Lord. I really felt like the Lord said, I want you to open an auto parts store. I said, okay, that's awesome. So I need some money. And the Lord said, no, you don't need money. You just need to believe me. I'm like, okay, so how am I going to get, I, uh, how am I going to get like parts men and you know, a building and parts. And he said, okay, well, you're just going to take steps of faith. So what I want you to do first is, and I, 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 he said, I, I felt like the Lord said, you need two, you need two uh, um, parts men. You need two auto parts men. I'm like, okay, that's good. I can't afford them. He said, okay, what I want you to do is buy uniforms for them. Well, I said, <laughs> okay, I don't have the men yet, so what, what size should I buy? So the uniform man came in, and you know, he, he knew I was a little crazy. Cause I said, hey, I want to buy some um, uniforms for a couple of parts men I have. And uh, this is the color I want them, and this is what I wanted to say on there. And, and uh, he says, well, what size do you want them? So I, I said, well, this is the sizes I want. So I got, I got six uniforms, three each, for two different guys that I didn't have. I'm like, okay, Lord, so I have a uniform, so now I need some people. So, so the Lord said to me, okay, what I want you to do now, I want you to hire two parts men. Now remember, I don't have a building, I don't have auto parts. All I have is six uniforms. And I have no money. So the Lord said, so what I want you to do is I want you to hire two auto parts guys. So I hired two guys that fit the uniforms. <laughs> one guy named Jeff and one guy named Paul. I hired two parts men, so I had two parts men, in my, and they were both working for me in my service station as parts men, but I, I had no parts, I had no building. So, so I said, okay, so I have uniforms now, and I have two parts men, so that, and that took about two, three months. So I said, what do I do now? And the Lord said, okay, now you need a building. I'm like, I don't know why I need a building, because I have no parts. I said, well, I just, you, you just go... You're going to go get a building, and then, I'm, I, and then we'll work out the parts deal. So, so I go, I'm looking around town, and there's this awesome building um, down the street from our service station. And from, I have two repair shops and a service station. And uh, this, this man named Dwayne Harryford owned this building that was just vacated. So I went and sat down with him, and I said, hey, Dwayne, I really, I, I want to open a parts store. And he's like, oh, okay, and... We already have two. I said, yeah, I know, but I, I really feel like I'm supposed to open a third one. He's not a believer or, or anything, so I'm not like God said. <laughs> he knows I'm crazy, though, because they called us the God Squad at the 76 station. So he's like, okay. And I said, so, you know, I, I'd like to rent your building. And he's like, okay, 600 a month. I'm like, well, okay, that's awesome. So I'll take it. But um, he said, okay, so we'll sign a contract. I said, okay, there's only one problem. Like, I don't have any money. I said, well, I said, so what I need you to give me six months free rent. Because the Lord told me, tell him that he's just going to give it to you for free for a while. I said, I'm, I just need you to give me some free, first I said, I need you to give me some free rent. He said, well, how much free rent? I said, well, I should have money in six months, so why don't you give it to me for free for six months? He's like, he says to me, Valentin, you are crazy. 
that's what he said to me. You are crazy. The next day he said, okay, I'll give it to you for six months for free. So, so all right. So now I have a building. I have two parts, guys. But I have no parts. And, uh, and I have uh, no money. So I said, okay, I got this building. I have six months to make this work. So I have my parts, guys. And, you know, now I got, like, people are starting to believe. People are starting to believe with me. Like, you know, you got the building. Awesome. Okay. So I said, what do I do now? He says, I want you to go down to the warehouse in Reading, and I want you to tell them that you need parts. I said, okay. <laughs> the, the owner's name was Brent. And I said, so what do I tell him for money? He said, well, you have your grandfather's watch. He said, give him your grandfather's watch, which is worth about five grand. I need like 60 grand worth of parts, right? I have this gold watch I've had forever. So I go down, I have my watch in my pocket. So I go down, I don't know this guy, and I said, hey, you know, I own a couple of uh, shops and I want to open a parts store. And he's like, okay. He's kind of a real kind of serious guy. So, uh, what do you need? And so I tell him, and I said, I already have a building and I have two parts men. <laughs> he kind of looked at me like, boy, are you doing this backwards or what? So I'm talking to him, you know, like I, I'm giving him my vision, my, my business plan, all that. And I get all done. And he's all excited. And I go, well, there's only one problem. Um, and he's all, what's that? I said, I don't have any money. <laughs> he leans over the table and he goes, what did you say? I said, I don't have any money. He said, so what do you want from me? I said, I need you to give me parts because you can't have a parts store with no money. I mean, with no parts. And he's like, well, Chris, how would I give you parts with no money? I said, I don't know. I just know you're going to. He goes, you're crazy. I said, well, listen, I have this gold watch. <laughs> I put it on his desk. I said, that's my grandfather's watch. He's like, yeah. I said, I'll swap you this watch <laughs> for parts. Fill my parts house full of parts, and I'll give you this watch. And when I pay, it, pay you off, you give me my watch back. He's like, I said, it's gold. <laughs> give me... Look carefully. Give me some parts. He's like, what is that watch worth? I said, oh, I don't know. Three grand, five grand. How much parts do you want? Mm, a lot more than that. But, but I want this back. This is a family heirloom. So you know I'm going to pay you back because I need the watch back. He's like, oh, i got to think about it. I, I, I need to come up and see what you're doing. So he comes up, and I show him my empty building and my two parts men who are all dressed in really nice <laughs> uniforms. Do you remember this, Bill? This is exactly how it happened. He looks around, and he goes, I still remember. He's like, gets this crazy look on my face like, this man is insane. I said, Ser seriously, I can make this work. I just need parts. If you'll give me parts, I can make this work. And so, well, I need to think about it. I need to talk to my other two partners. I'm like, all right, here, take the watch with you. 
He's walking out to his car, and I said, I know you're going to do this. <laughs> he said, I said, he said, what? I said, I know you're going to do this. Seriously, I know you're going to give me the parts I need. He goes, well, I just want you to know, I think you're crazy. I said, okay. <laughs> that was like Monday or Tuesday. He didn't call till Friday. Friday's like, all right, we're bringing up the parts. That's how I got started. I'm serious. That's how I got started. I got my watch back. <laughs> I got my watch back. Three years later, I got my watch back. It took me three years to pay off <laughs> parts. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was, uh, and you know, that's just one little story. Like, that's just the way I did life forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> and, uh, and, and most of the time it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes I'd get out there and, Jesus, I'm drowning. <laughs> uh, okay, stupid, get back in the boat. <laughs> but um, I learned to, to live like that. I learned to just, and not perfectly. I, I don't want to be, I want to be really careful because I know that when you get done preaching something, God makes you try it again, and I'm, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not preaching on trials tonight. I'm <laughs> but um, I, I think that the Lord's planted some things in people's heart, and you're like, you know, this and this needs to happen, and, and God's just like, well, I just want you to go get some uniforms. Can you afford two uniforms? Yeah, I can do that. I want you just to do that. And I just have the strongest sense tonight, and I realize this is not really a very good teaching, but... I, I, I just have the strongest sense tonight that the prophetic word over most people who are in this crowd and are listening by iBethel TV is that you need to do what God told you to do, as simple as it is. You know, um, if you're anything like me, my struggle isn't giving up my lunch. You know the boys' lunch? My struggle isn't giving up my lunch. My struggle is actually thinking it's going to feed a multitude. Hey, I'm like, you want the lunch? You can have it. I, my, my struggle isn't like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not giving up my lunch. Let's get your own. <laughs> you want to feed all these people, find someone else's lunch. Like, really, honestly, that's not my problem. I, I'm sure that may be somebody's problem, but that's not my problem. My problem is just really believing that some, something that small could create something that amazing. And so I think for uh, most of you here, like God's given you some action that's really simple. Like, you have this huge problem, or this huge challenge, or this huge vision, depending on what season you're in, and sometimes depending on the way you look at it, and you have this huge thing that needs to happen. You know, it's a, if you will, it's a million dollar challenge. And God goes, I, I want you to do this ten dollar thing. And you're like, you know, I just need, God, I just need you to tell me what to do. God's all, I just want you to do this. And you're like, Lord, just please tell me what to do. Because you're thinking, listen, this has to be hard, right? I have, God's not going to do this million dollar, he's not going to solve this million dollar problem with a ten dollar response from me. And so you don't, you don't actually give your lunch because you think it's, it's just going to take a lot more than that. And I have found in my life that sometimes God, sometimes it does. Let's just be real. Sometimes it does. Sometimes God just like, he, he's honoring perseverance instead of faith, Right? 
Sometimes he honors perseverance. Like he's just like, you just get in there and you keep pressing. It's just like the Rocky movie. You just keep getting up. And you know, you get knocked out and, you got, and you're like, okay, what's next? And God's like, get up, and let him hit you again. Like, oh, Lord Jesus, I thought I gave him my right cheek and now he wants my left and my, now he wants my shoulders, my back. He wants to beat me. And the Lord's just, just keep moving. But, but most often, the Lord wants just some simple act. Some simple act of obedience. You know, most of you in this room, if you were saved in America, you actually found a new kingdom by raising your hand. Or you prayed a prayer. Or you came forward. Most of us had some sort of you know, traditional thing we did. And we walked out of there, and if you're anything like me, you're like, I think I got completely changed. And it wasn't hard. But there definitely was something you had to do. There was some action you had to take. I mean, every, every culture has some action. Raise your hand, pray this prayer, come forward, go to the banner, do something. Do, add action to, you said you believe, add some action to it. Are you, are you following me? And, um, and I just have this, the greatest sense tonight that some of you are going to get your knife back, so to speak, when you create some action. And I feel like it's not hard. I feel like you're missing it because you're making it too hard. The Lord's all, go buy, go buy uniforms for two people you don't have. That doesn't feel rational. I didn't say to do something rational. I just said to obey. I just need you to obey. Abraham, I want you to leave your father's house. Okay, where am I going? I'll show you. When? Someday. And, and I, I, the, another reason why we don't step out is because we don't know where we're going. And I want to tell you, if the Lord tells you to go, you, it, listen, sometimes the prophetic word isn't where you're going, it's just where you can't stay. I am convinced that sometimes, you know, he's a lamp to our feet, he's a light to our path. In my opinion, that's two different seasons. He's, sometimes he's a lamp to my feet. You know what I You know what I know? The next step. You know, can you imagine your complete darkness? He's a lamp to my feet. What do I see? The next step. That's it. And sometimes he's the light to my path. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I look up and I go, oh, I can see where we're going. I think that's two different seasons. I think there are times when all you can see is the next step. You're like, I have no idea where I'm going. The Lord says, yes, you do. You can see two feet in front of you. Take the next step. And he's like, where am I going? Just trust me. And there are other times, which I love the other times, when the Lord goes, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And here's the path. You're like, I like those seasons. I know where I'm going. I have some idea of what we're doing. This feels, this feels like more like God. <laughs> this feels more like God. But I have a strongest sense that we are in I'm a light, I'm sorry, I'm a light unto your, no, light to your feet, lamp to your back. I'm a light to your feet. I have this, the, the strongest sense tonight, I've never ever preached this anywhere, anytime in 30 years. I have the strongest sense that we are in a season, we are in a season as a family, and some of you may be in a different season, but most of us are in a season as a family where, the God, where God is a light to our, our feet. I'm a light unto your feet. 
And the Lord's just saying, you can see two feet in front of you. I want you to trust me with your destiny. And what I want you to do is see, I, I lit up the path right in front of you so you won't stumble. Take the next step. And you take the next step, and eventually you find yourself in the promised land. And you don't even know. Listen, you couldn't even tell anyone else how to get here because you don't know how, to got, how you got here. You don't know how you got here. Abraham obeyed God. He left the Chaldeans. If you would have ca- caught Abraham, let's say three weeks after he left, or let's say the next day, and you said, Abraham, Sarah, where are you going? They wouldn't have known. Why did you leave? Well, we know where we can't stay. There, there, there are a lot of people who are wholly discontent. There is, there's an unrighteous discontentment that comes from a lack of gratitude. It doesn't matter what, how much God does for you, you're always, you're never thankful. That's not good. But there's a holy discontent where God just says, I need you to leave your father's house. I need you to leave your place of comfort. I need you to leave the place where you, you're, listen, you're, it's time to leave your mother and father's house and cleave to your, your bride. It's time for you to t- leave your place of security and step out. I want to pray for every person who feels like that word is burning in your heart, what I'm sharing with you right now. I want you to stand. I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. Only stand if this word is, is you can just feel that this word is resonating in you and you know that the Lord is talking to you and probably you already know what it, where, the step. You probably know what you're supposed to do. The simple thing, give up your lunch, go show yourself to the priests, get, hey, buy two uniforms. It's something simple, but God says, if you do this, if you do your part, I'll do my part. And you're like, it's works-oriented. No, James says, it's about taking action on what God says to do. I just want to pray for you right now, most of the room. A good three-quarters of the room is standing. And people are watching by iBethel TV. We want to pray for you too. Um, some of you have, um, you have, uh, uh, you know, there's, um, um, uh, there's a businessman. You're not in the room, but you're watching by uh, iBethel TV, and you owe a huge amount of money. I think it's around $7 million. I see 7235 I don't know. $7,235,000. And you're, you don't know what to do. And the Lord has told you to give away, and it's not a large thing, but you don't think that's going to make a difference. And God says, if you do that, I'll, do, I'll take care of you. I'll do what I told you I'd do. And there's a bunch of people in here. You just need a simple act, a simple thing. And some of you, um, you're, you need to reconcile with the priests. <clears throat> Some of you need to reconcile. There, are, there, there's, there's an offense that either you caused or that's in you. Jesus made really, he, he spoke a lot about forgiveness and unforgiveness. Remember he talked about you come to the temple and you go to offer your gift and God goes, hey, you got a problem with your brother, go work that out, come back. Listen, just take your gift with you and go work that out. The Lord is really serious about, about um, us having clean relationships. Let me say that one more time. I feel, I feel really, uh, there's an unction on what I just said. The Lord is really 
really serious about you keeping a clean slate with people. If you have offenses or unforgiveness in your heart, or you know that somebody has an offense with you, and maybe you think, well, it's not my fault. Well, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. And maybe when you get, down, maybe when you get there and you sit down and talk to the person, you might find out it is your fault. You know, sometimes when you take your walls down, you find out, you see things totally differently, and you realize, I had a pretty big part in this. But whatever it is, the Lord wants you to go take care of it. So, if, that's, if you're here with an offense, I want you to make a commitment right now. I want you to bow your head right now. There's nothing spiritual about bowing your head. It's just some alone time. And I want you to make a commitment to the Lord. Within the next seven days, you will go make that right. You go clean up that mess. You will go forgive that person. You'll make contact. Whatever it is that you need to do, you will take care of that. Okay? I want you to just pray right now. Just say, Father... I make a commitment right now that I will deal with this unforgiveness or this offense within the next seven days. You can remind me. You can put people in my life who will remind me that I made this covenant, this this commitment to you. In Jesus' name. Okay, now I want to pray for for all of you now. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you're doing tonight. And that we, um, you, you, just, you just want us to uh, go forward into the Red Sea. You just want us to push forward. You want us to take a step of faith. And Lord, I, I just release right now uh, a sense of uh, unction. Let me just read you what faith is. I want to just pray this over you. Um, I think I have it right, but I want to I pray this over you. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Lord, I pray that over each person who's standing and people who are watching by iBethel TV, that they would have the assurance of things hoped for and they would have the conviction of things not yet seen. I release that over the people who are standing, that they would just suddenly have a deep sense of assurance that things that they hope for are going to happen, that dreams really do come true. That they really don't have to live in this bondage. They don't have to live in this prison. They don't have to live in lack. They don't have to live in this place of dysfunction. They don't have to live in this place anymore. In fact, they, they can actually live in a promised place, in a promised land, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a something you, Lord, you gave them a vision, and they don't have to live anymore without that vision. I pray right now that you would give them the assurance of the things that they've hoped for. Like right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just come into the hearts of the people who are standing and watching and anticipating that something powerful is going to happen supernaturally to them and that as they're standing here, as they're, as they're praying, as they're making this co- commitment and covenant to move forward, just to take one step, to do something simple, that you would give them the assurance of things they're hoping for. And Lord, I also pray that you would give them the conviction of things they haven't yet seen. That they would feel like, it's mine. I know it's mine. I know you're going to give me those parts. I know you're going to give me this building. I know you're going to give me what I need to get what you told me I would have. I, it, and it wouldn't, be, um, it wouldn't be any kind of um, you know, mind over matter thing. It would actually be something the Holy Spirit does in you right now. You just have this overwhelming sense like, this is going to happen. I, I don't know how, how I know. I just know that I know. Like, this is actually going to happen. Like, I've lived like this for maybe months, maybe years, maybe tens, 
maybe, maybe 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you just have this sudden sense, oh my goodness, this is going to happen. This is going, this, this is going to work. This actually is going to happen. I'm going to get that house that God promised me a long time ago. I'm going to get that house. I don't know how. I'm going to get that house. I'm going to get that house. That's what I'm going to do. I just, yeah. Just, let's just keep precedent. You know, I live in a pretty nice house. And um, I had a, a house. I had a, I had a, I had a, a, a you know, I had a, a track house. And a friend of mine said, hey, you need to come and see this house. I really feel like you're supposed to buy it. I'm like, okay. So my wife asked me how much it was. And I told her it was a lot of money. And, she's, and I said, I'm going to go see it. She goes, I'm not going. I said, okay. So I got out in the truck and got in the truck. And she, it was pouring rain. And the Lord said to me, he told me the night before on a, on a Sunday, on a, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday night, he, uh, I got the phone call. And my friend called and said, hey, you need to go look at this house. And so Sunday, it was pouring rain, and the Lord said to me Saturday night, this is your house, I haven't seen it yet, this is your house, and I'm going to give you a sign. It won't be raining over your house. I said, okay. So we got up the next morning to go see it, and it was pouring rain. It was pouring rain. In fact, the Johnsons were coming with us. I asked Bill, I said, would you come and see this house? Because I knew my wife trusted Bill more than me. (laughs) And it was a very expensive house. And I knew that the Lord had told me, this is your house. And I didn't have the money. And so I had been that way before and many times. So I said to Bill, and I said, Bill, would you and Benny just come and look at this house and just get a feel if it's the Lord or not? And I didn't tell them that the Lord had told me it won't rain over the house. And when I got up the next morning, it was pouring rain, so I definitely did want to tell Kathy, well, the Lord says it won't rain over the house because I'm thinking, well, that, if it's raining over the house, then I'm going to have to really figure out what to do. So, um, so we get there the next day. It's pouring rain everywhere. We get about, I don't know, four or five blocks from the house. It is completely and totally, sun is shining over the house. And so we get to the driveway, and Kathy goes, because she's like, it's pouring rain. I don't want to look at it in the rain. I'm like, no, you don't want to look at this house at all. She's like, I know. But especially not in the rain. We won't be able to see it in the rain. And I'm like, it'll be cool. Let's just, we can look around at the inside of it. She goes, oh, uh, uh. I said, okay, well, I'm going. You can stay. So finally she comes running out in the car and jumps in. It's pouring rain. We get there and we, we pull up the driveway and she goes, well, it's strange. It's not raining over the house. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well, the Lord told me it wouldn't be raining over the house, but I was too chicken to tell you. <laughs> and we own that house today. And, 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 and we, we can actually pay for it now. And if you buy my heavy rain book, I'll be able to make all the payments for a long time. So, Lord, I just release heavy, I just release uh, <laughs> a heavy rain. We need a heavy rain. Come on, it's in the book. Lord, we just release faith. Faith to, to read this book. No, Lord, we just release faith to take the next step in life, to apprehend our promises. And I, I just, I break fear. Some of you have intense fear. You have intense fear about this thing. You're like, what if I fail? You know, well, you'll get back up and you'll go again, you know? I, I could tell you about some of the times I didn't get it right. 
But it's not as fun as these stories I'm telling you right now. But here I am, still alive. So Lord, I just release, I just release people from fear. The fear of failure. Come on. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.